Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Good evening, everyone. My name is Drew Dyson, co-founder of Change TN, and I am happy to be moderating this event with the Tennessee Holler. Uh, For all of our viewers out there, we would love for you to let us know where you're watching from tonight during the forum. As a reminder, this is a two-night event. Candidates for both nights were chosen at random from a half. Tonight, we'll hear from candidates Theron Bond, Frank Hundley, Representative London Lamar, Wade Mundane, and Hendrell Remus. Before we begin, I want to highlight the missions of the Tennessee Holler and Change TN. The Tennessee Holler is holding our elected officials accountable all throughout Tennessee. You can subscribe and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com. Follow the Holler on Twitter and Facebook at the TN Holler. And also check out all the other hollers that have sprouted up all across Tennessee with more to come. Change TN's primary goal and mission is the education of voters, building nonpartisan political tools, and training future campaign staff and candidates. You can subscribe to updates from Change TN at www.changetn.vote. And make sure to follow us on Facebook at Change Tennessee and on Twitter at ChangeTN underscore. Also, for the sake of transparency, one or more of the candidates you'll be hearing from over the next two nights have done freelance work for the holler. The rules for tonight's forum are as follows. 60 seconds for opening and closing remarks, 90 seconds to respond to questions, 30 seconds for rebuttals when called out by name, and 30 seconds for any follow-up questions. We will also ask that candidates not speaking will be asked to be muted. We will strictly adhere to these time limits to make sure that everyone is getting the chance to be heard. And with that, I would like to begin with opening statements, starting with Theron Bond. Hi, my name is Theron C. Bond. I was born, raised, and educated in the state of Tennessee. Tennessee is more than just barbecue, basketball, and the balls. Tennessee is full of rich history, including recently electing the first LGBTQ plus member of the Tennessee State House, whose campaign I happen to manage. Right now, we are a red state, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can blue this. It's time out for ignoring rural and black voters, poor messaging, empty ballot spaces, and lip service without the actions and wins to match. It's time out for the strength of Shelby County being used as a pawn to win the state, but not to guide the state. It is time for our retroactive gossip calls about losses to redirect into proactive voter registration and education so that we can recruit, retain, engage, and elect more Democrats across the state. My name is Theron, and I am running to be the next chair of the Tennessee State Democratic Party. Thank you, Theron. Next, we're going to go to Frank Hundley.
There we go. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me tonight. It's so great to be here with friends new and old to exchange ideas about how we're going to get more Democrats elected and chip into the supermajority. Uh, I'm a native Nashvilleian, a third generation Tennessean, and the proud grandson of an East Tennessee legend, James A. Dick, a uh, big Graham, who grew up in poverty in Paris, Tennessee, before moving to Knoxville where he acquired a license for a thousand watt AM radio station he would name WIVK, but grow into a portfolio of 15 radio stations throughout his life. I believe everyone should be able to fulfill their potential to the same degree that Big Graham did. However, the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and the middle class is disappearing, which is why I've worked so hard to win elections for Democrats. Uh, and to quote Congressman Jim Cooper from a recent interview he gave to the scene, Tennessee Democrats need much more practice winning elections. And having served as finance chair on now House Caucus Chair uh, Representative Vincent Dixie's 2018 primary campaign, uh, field organizer on Representative Bob Freeman's 2018 general election campaign, campaign manager on Council Member Sean Parker's 2019 Metro Nashville City Council campaign, I'm the candidate in this contest for chair with the most experience winning elections for Democrats. And having managed Senator Heidi Campbell's campaign, I'm the only candidate. Thank you, Frank. From red to blue. Thank you. Uh, so next, we're going to go to Representative London Lamar. Awesome. Can you hear me? Great. Hey, everyone. I'm State Representative London Lamar. And I'm so excited to be on this panel running for Tennessee Democratic Party chair, where I am committed to rebuilding Tennessee's future. I serve as a state legislator, uh, the youngest female in the legislature. I also previously served as a campaign operative, running both local, state, and national campaigns. Also serve as a policy associate for Women's Reproductive Justice Organization, serving as an organizer, working in education advocacy, and also serving in other various roles in the nonprofit sector. Sector, but most importantly, you know me from running uh, democratic organizations on a local, state, and national level. Matter of fact. Me becoming a legislator is because the Tennessee Democratic Party Executive Committee groomed me to be a legislator that I am today. So why not take one of your own that you groomed to step up and take over the Tennessee Democratic Party family? And that's what I'm committed to doing. We're bringing realistic expectations, recognizing where we are, and putting us on a path to win. Thank you, Representative. Next, we're going to go to Wade Mundane. You said mundane. It's Wade Monday. Sorry. I'm not that boring. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Wade Monday. There we go. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Change Tennessee. Thank you, the Tennessee Holler. And thank you to all the candidates that are running for chair tonight and tomorrow. My name is Wade Monday. I'm running for the Tennessee Democratic Party chair because I'm a student of history. I believe in progress. And that means I love the Democratic Party. If it wasn't for the Democratic Party, my family wouldn't have running water or electricity. The rural electrification program of the 20th century was a bold step forward for progress. And I think a rebuttal to the lies that we've been told for the last decade from Republicans that we need limited government. We need strong, aggressive, progressive government. And that's why I'm running to be the chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party, because I've seen the consequences of ignoring progress that needs to belong to the people of Tennessee throughout all the rural hollers from Memphis to Mountain City. And I have the most experience of anyone in this race right now with the Tennessee Democratic Party, having been elected twice as treasurer of the Democratic Party. Currently, I'm the DNC committee person from Middle Tennessee. I ran as the Democratic nominee for the state Senate in District 25, and I'm ready to be the next chairman. Thank you, Wade. 
And last but not least, we have Hendrell Remus with us tonight. Hey, good evening. Um, first, allow me to thank the Tennessee Holler and the Change Tennessee organization for hosting this event and giving us a platform to share our visions for the future of the Tennessee Democratic Party. My name is Hendrell Remus, and I'm a member of the Tennessee Democratic Party's executive committee. As a matter of fact, I'm the only executive committee member who is currently seeking the chairmanship. I'm originally from Memphis, but my family and I have lived in Nashville for the last five years where I work uh, as a public servant in higher education. My wife and I have two young children, an eight-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter, and every decision that we make is with their futures in mind. Uh, the decision to run for chair is no different because you know, we should be building the type of party that can elect leaders who will fight to make sure that not only my children, but everyone in Tennessee has a fair shot and an equal opportunity at a prosperous and progressive future. So tonight I plan to articulate how we begin to build the type of party that we that will allow us to recruit, train, support and ultimately elect those type of leaders while also advancing the causes that our party believes in with the type of versatility uh, that will attract folks from all across uh, uh, the, the state and bring them into the Tennessee Democratic fold. Uh, tonight, you'll also hear many of the candidates in this race talk about what they want to do for this party. Most of it will sound about Thank the same. Thank you, Hendrell. All right. Sorry about that. So moving on, I want to thank you all again for joining us tonight. We are excited to have uh, this group of candidates with us, and we look forward to a lively forum getting to hear more about your ideas. With that, I'm going to go ahead and start with the first question. So I want to know in your own words, what is the role that the chair plays in the Tennessee Democratic Party, but in politics in general in Tennessee? And with that, we're going to start with Frank Hundley. Uh, hello there. Uh, yeah, so uh, earlier tonight, uh, I, uh, I launched uh, a strategic path forward for uh, Tennessee Democrats. You can check it out at frankfortndpchair.com, where I address this as well as a number uh, number of other questions. And I explicitly speak to what I view the role of the TNDP is, uh, which is laid out in the bylaws in one of the shortest sections. It's to support democratic principles and to get Democrats elected. Uh, because of my experience getting Democrats elected in this state, uh, I feel I'm well positioned uh, to, to do just that. Uh, one of the most critical things that we'll have to do uh, in order to, to accomplish getting Democrats elected and uh, in the near term, what we hope to accomplish with that is to chip into the supermajority so that we can stop bad bills from happening is raise money. Uh, and on the Heidi Campbell campaign, uh, we were able to raise $450,000 in nine months during the global pandemic. Uh, in addition to that, I was a finance chair on uh, representative now House Caucus Chair Vincent Dixie's campaign, and I'm a finance co-chair at the New Leaders Council. So um, I bring substantive uh, fundraising skills to this position, which um, we'll need in order to elect more Democrats as well as experience electing Democrats and flipping seats. So uh, that is what I view to be the role of the Tennessee Democratic Party and the role of the leader of the party. Thank you, Frank. Uh, next, uh, Representative London Lamar. Thank you. Um, that's uh, The role of the party chair is very simple. I know many individuals like to put grandiose um, 
uh, programming and other uh, wording behind what the duties of the party chair is. But to be simple, it is to fundraise and bring resources to the Tennessee Democratic Party. That is the number one responsibility of the state party chair, while also overseeing our local county parties and making sure they're meeting the expectations and running effectively and efficiently. Also, it is to macro manage this organization to make sure the day to day options of the state party are running effectively and efficiently. Our state party chair is not supposed to be the director and not supposed to run the day to day operations of the party, but should be able to be the chair and should be able to focus their time fundraising and bringing in resources to the state party. Put in strategy and programming that's going to execute the goals and the initiatives of the state party. They must also fund, recruit, and win local and state seats. Those are, in simple terms, what the duties of the state party chair, alongside represent the state party on the national DNC and at all official state party events, and speak on behalf of the state party as its official representative. Thank you. Wade. The Democratic Party chairperson serves at the pleasure of the executive committee who are each accountable to their own state Senate districts around the state. So ultimately, there are two levels of accountability for the chair, both theoretical as the symbol of the head of the Democratic Party, which means elevating the voices of our diverse and big tent party, but also on a pragmatic level, answering to the executive committee, making strategic choices when it comes to candidate recruitment, hiring and spending the resources that this roughly $2 million a year organization can bring to the table when it comes to finding candidates to run and win all across the state so that we can fight back against the attacks from the Republican Party against our freedom and our democracy. And that's what the chairperson does for the next two years. And I'm happy to be running. And I just want to say, I want to commend everyone that's running. Thank you for running. Thank you, Wade. Hindrell. Well, thank you. Thanks again. Well, you know, the the notion that party chair is a simple definition uh, to what the job encompasses, I think, has led us to where we are now, uh, lagging behind uh, all across the state. Uh, the chair of this party has a responsibility to make sure that we're, we're building the type of infrastructure that will not only outlast the next party chair or the next executive committee or be able to withstand election cycle after election cycle, that person has a responsibility to be fully dedicated to the day-to-day -day operations and overseeing uh, the, the, the type of cohesiveness that will bring the executive committee into the fold, making those committees working committees so that we're able to get more done being able to implement strategies and take the lead on big projects so that we're not falling at the wayside and that we're not you know, wholly depending on consultants to guide the way for us. I believe that the state party chair has a responsibility to make sure that this party functions properly. And that means making sure that they can manage every component of the party, whether it's fundraising, whether it's making sure that we have the best people overseeing committees, making sure that we're raising uh, making sure that we're raising money and mobilizing voters, making sure that our messaging is on par. We have a responsibility and the chair is the top of that hierarchy to be able to guide the direction and keep us on a straight and narrow path to success. Thank you. And Theron. So the job of the state party chair is to lift as we climb. Ultimately, the job is to recruit, 
retain, engage, and elect more Democrat, more Democrats across the state. Um, we have to move this state forward by leveraging relationships and sponsorships that will progress this entire state forward. We have to raise money to support Democratic initiatives, county parties, and the candidates. Thank you. Um, and at any point, if you, any of the candidates need me to repeat the question, please just ask. Um, so moving on, we've noticed that, you know, there are gaps within the, the role of the Tennessee Democratic Party and organizations have stepped up to fill those roles. However, I want to get your opinion on what you think has been the biggest weakness of the Tennessee Democratic Party so far. Um, and for this, we'll go to Representative London Lamar first. Absolutely. Thank you so much um, for the question. Um, first and foremost, I think that we have to rebuild our county parties and do the groundwork to make sure that they have strong infrastructures. They are, they are able to, able to uh, sustain sustainable programming, um, make sure they have the necessary training that they need in order to help execute the strategies of the Tennessee Democratic Party. If we don't have strong county parties, we, we can't win. And most importantly, we have done a we haven't done a great job of bringing all our coalition and advocacy partners to the table. Everybody is stepping on each other's toes, trying to do the exact same thing. We need to bring everyone back to the table, figure out how we all can work together to come up with one grand plan to make sure that we can win. Um, it's no point in of us all doing the same work with our partners when we can all be working together for the greater goal to win. Thank you. <clears throat> Next, Wade. I'd agree with London, and I think it was Hendrill that also said it earlier, is that, you know, to the effect that the Tennessee Democratic Party can't do everything. They're great partners throughout Tennessee who we can leverage and we can help coordinate with throughout the state to elevate the different voices within the Tennessee Democratic Party. I was fortunate to receive the endorsement of, of great groups nationally like Move On when I ran for the state Senate, but also organizations like Our Revolution and Indivisible Tennessee. Those groups uh, have multiplied over the last four years. The Equity Alliance is another one that's doing really great work in the community. Turk Votes is another one. We need to work with them and learn from them how to mobilize this massive volunteer effort that we have to engage in every year, whether it's in local elections or whether it's in legislative elections, or most importantly, in 2022, when we kick Bill Lee out of the executive mansion. Perfect. Uh, yeah, next, Hendrell. Well, you know, I, I've laid out in my plan uh, the need to make sure that we're implementing the type of uh, organizational policies that would mandate that we have a two-year strategic plan that coincides with the election of new party officers every time that happens. But I also believe that, you know, we keep talking about this 95 county strategy when what we should be talking about is collaborative party building to help facilitate statewide collaborations. Look, I believe that if we shift our approach, we'll be able to connect the dots from county to county all across the state, having run an organization, what I can tell you is that uh, the mo that most big projects or initiatives fail due to a lack of collaborative practices. So some of the things that I believe that we can do to have an impact on all 95 counties uh, is number one, we should be sharing best practices for strategic accomplishments. That way we're not reinventing the wheel uh, when uh, from county to county. Number two, we should be sharing technology and information so that folks know how to implement the strategies. Third, uh, we should be ensuring transparency through open communication so that 
that, that county parties aren't feeling, falling to the wayside or feeling unneeded. And then we need to be empowering our committees to spearhead strategic initiatives so that they become working committees made up of folks from across the state. And finally, we need to be investing in projects of importance uh, to each county party so that they know that we have a vested interest in their success and the overall success of the state party. And I think that's been one of our weaknesses. Thank you, Hinderell. Uh, Theron. Sure, I believe the question was regarding what the weakness um, has been. And so the weakness with the state party has been the inability to successfully and continuously raise money. We can't support anything or anybody if we do not raise funds and we do not have a strategy in place to do so. Thank you, Theron. Uh, Frank. Hey, there is a lot to unpack in that question, and I am not going to be able to fit it all into 60 seconds. Uh, however, uh, if you would like to visit my website, Frank Hunley for tndpchair.com, uh, I speak to uh, the challenges we face, what happened in this cycle, what it is that the state party can actually do in an environment as challenging as the one that we face, uh, uh, as well as how I would approach team building, which is going to be one of the most consequential decisions uh, the new leadership makes. And uh, we are existing in a, an environment that's very different than two, uh, four, even two years ago with all the partner organizations that have sprouted up that are doing such great work and with whom I think we all agree we could collaborate better to streamline resources, reduce overhead, which would ultimately put us in a position to contribute more to our candidates. But uh, to quote Jim Cooper again from that article, and you're going to hit the buzzer really soon, I know, uh, uh, the 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 the. The challenges we face, uh, you know, what's happened with the with the party, are not is not the fault of any one person. Um, we need systemic structural change. We need to completely rethink what we have been doing and do something completely different because what we've been doing hasn't uh, been working. And if you visit my website, I I've got a lot of thoughts on that as well as sort of uh, really getting our minds around the challenges that we face because it starts there. Thank you, Frank. Um, and I'm going to get back to organizations later on in this, but uh, we've, we've already touched a lot on fundraising. And of course, fundraising is going to be an important goal for the next chair. Um, so at, in order for you to accomplish any goals as the next chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party, um, <clears throat> massive fundraising is going to be needed uh, to take effect. Uh, what experience can you bring as the potential next chair uh, in this effort to, to raise more money from not only just high dollar donors, but to also encompass small dollar grassroots donors as well. And uh, for this question, I'm gonna go first to Wade. Thanks. So first of all, I ran for the state Senate in District 25, overwhelmingly Republican rural district. I raised over $200,000 in that campaign. Prior to that, I was the treasurer of the Tennessee Democratic Party under two different administrations and have relationships with many of the major donors, some of whom have fallen off the wagon uh, recently. I understand the finances and the fundraising goals that are required of the state Democratic Party. In my day job, I'm also a fundraiser for a nonprofit organization. Uh, the last two organizations that I've been the executive director of have been focused on social justice, immigrant justice and refugee rights. Uh, as well as uh, currently in the global health arena. So I understand the dynamics and the requirements of fundraising. Uh, there's going to be a lot of call time, but I also think that we can act strategically to raise money and to bring in some of the major donors who have fallen off. Uh, I also want to create a monthly donor program that is focused solely on candidate recruitment. 
so that we have monthly donors that are giving money specifically for the task of, you know, Hendrel talked about having an ongoing infrastructure year over year. Candidate recruitment for nonpartisan races, for partisan races is something that we need to be doing year after year. And I want a monthly donor program of grassroots donors who are invested in building the bench throughout the state of Tennessee. And that's the first thing that I'm going to focus on. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Hindrell. All right. So I I'm going to take this from a different approach. You know, look, I expect that everyone is going to say that, you know, they have and will raise a ton of money because, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. And I've been able to raise a ton of money for a nonprofit organization in Memphis uh, to the tune of $100,000 this year alone uh, during a pandemic for their inaugural programs that's going to kick off in January. But the reality is that no one in this race has ever raised money as the chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party. Uh, whoever is elected to this position will walk into the office on the first day and have access to the information of every person who has ever donated to the state party. The question becomes, what are they going to do with that list? And what's the plan to bring in new donors to build the type of financial apparatus that will allow us to have no less than $500,000 of cash on hand at all times? Look, I believe that we should be taking a layered approach. First, we need to be increasing the number of recurring monthly donors so that we can establish a residual cash flow to cover our operational expenses. Because if we're only raising enough money to pay the staff and keep the lights on, then we're not doing a really good job at fundraising. Then we should be deploying the same tactics that private foundations as well as colleges and universities have used for decades, asking donors to contribute to restricted funds and unrestricted funds so that we can guide where that money goes. And then we should be developing a comprehensive bundlers program where we ask our top donors to tap their personal and professional networks and ask the people who they know to match the dollar amount uh, of the contributions that they've made or pledged uh, to make during that financial quarter, along with events and selling merchandise to keep that cash flow rolling. Thank you, Hendrell. Theron. So here's the thing, you know, much respect and appreciation for the Phil Bredesen's and the Olin Mills of the world, but we cannot continue to let them fund our entire party. We have to do the work. We all have to have a commitment to fundraising. As the chair, I would absolutely be committed to doing call time to raise money. And I would expect my executive to, director to do the same. It's not only about raising a lot of money. It's also about spending it responsibly and being transparent with what we're spending it on. Thank you, Theron. Frank. Yes, uh, if you uh, would visit my website, Frank Hunley for TNDP uh, chair.com, I have a section on fundraising uh, wherein uh, I mention uh, that uh, working with Heidi Campbell, we raised $450,000 this year in nine months during a pandemic. I'm also uh, the co chair of the NLC Finance Committee, and I was the finance director on now House Caucus Chair, Representative Vincent Dixie's uh, campaign. So I feel like I bring a lot of substantive experience raising money uh, to this role. Uh, but if you were to check out the fundraising section, you would see that my fundraising plan can be summed up in four words. Triumph Strategies, Jacob Kleinrock. Uh, I hope that whomever is the chair will engage Jacob as a consultant in helping to raise money. Jacob is the most effective fundraiser in the state of Tennessee, bar none. 
Uh, and uh, I've, I've had a chance to talk to him extensively around like what, uh, oh, he's not endorsing this race, so just to be clear. Uh, but uh, one of his big ideas is that we could raise a significant amount of money around a gerrymandering legal defense fund in 2021. Gerrymandering redistricting is coming up. That is an existential threat to uh, Democrats in the state of Tennessee. And uh, the best we can hope for is that the Republicans will draw maps in a way that run afoul of statute. Uh, and the, the, the entity that would be the best positioned to launch legal challenges uh, against illegal redistricting attempts would be the TNDP. Uh, and that's why I'd like to work with Jacob to create a gerrymandering legal defense fund, which I, I trust him when he says we could raise a lot of money around that. Thank you, Frank. And uh, Representative London Lamar. Uh, thank you. The way we fundraise for the Tennessee Democratic Party is giving our people and our donors and those who want to invest in a, a reason to donate and invest in the Tennessee Democratic Party. We must actually come up with programming and consistent initiatives and support for county parties to give donors a reason to actually cut a check. Not only should we appreciate our state donors who consistently give to the Tennessee Democratic Party, we also need to build on national donors. I'm one of the few people running this race who have an extensive national network of those who can fund initiatives and programming down in Tennessee. We are one of the few states that's the last battleground areas of the South in order for us to flip the country. And we can make the argument that we're worth the investment. We must also focus on small dollar donors. We are the party of working people. And if we really want to be the party of working people, we must be appreciative of those five dollars those ten dollars donations because both are the individuals who are going to turn around and donate to us and volunteer and do the grunt work to make sure we can win campaigns i am one of the only few candidates who have literally fundraised for democratic organizations in the executive position on the local level on the statewide level and on the national level in all my executive positions within the democratic party many i've funded Many individuals who even fly to our national convention, even individuals on this call right now. So for me, I have a track record of funding operations, and I've started a pack myself to help flip in my area where I live. Thank you. And so now that I've gotten your all's, uh, you know, qualifications for for fundraising, I want to ask. Why should people continue to donate to the Tennessee Democratic Party when there are other organizations that are, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, doing more uh, than the Tennessee Democratic Party has been doing? And how do we win those people back to to say donate in state rather than focusing their efforts out of state to other candidates um, that aren't going to affect the politics locally here? And for this one, I'm going to start with Hendrell. Well, uh, that's a great question. And I've said in my conversations with members of the executive committee and having being on the executive committee and understanding where some of our flaws are, uh, what, what I do know is that people are more prone to donate to an operation that's well put together, well structured and well run. I'm not going to give my money to something or someone who I feel like can't deliver results. I think the way we bring people back into the fold and get people to donate to the Democratic Tennessee Democratic Party is that, you know, we've got to give them something to, to donate to. We've got to make sure that and it goes back to what I said. We need to be taking the same approach that colleges and universities and private foundations have been taking for decades. We have to make sure that people understand how their money is going to be used and so that they and, and they're able to see the results of how their money is being used. Uh, a bigger a bigger picture is. Folks got to believe that we can actually win. 
You know, it's one thing for us to say, give us all this money to run a program so that we can win or give us all this money to support a candidate so we can win. We've got to be able to deliver, deliver those results. And that means making sure that we have the type of party infrastructure that's managed in a way where every component of the organization gets equal attention, where everybody's voice and idea is a part of the conversation, where the committees are actually empowered to help do the work, and then making sure that we have leadership who is going to be aggressive and making sure that uh, we are being innovative in our approaches to, to running uh, races and winning them and running the organization. Thank you, Hendrell. Uh, Theron. Well, most certainly we need a chair who has the ability to raise money all year long without restrictions. Um, and we also have to give people something to believe in. Um, attitude reflects leadership. Um, when the leadership is better and has shown proven results than everyone who was thinking about donating, maybe hadn't donated in years, then they'll come back. When we can prove to them, when we can show through metrics and data and goals that we are measuring and meeting, then they will be more inclined to, to continue to donate and donate on a recurring basis. Thank you, Frank. Yes. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges that we face uh, raising money in support of our mission to get Democrats elected is that uh, we don't have such a great track record with getting Democrats elected. So I think people are rightfully concerned that it might not be a great return on their investment. Uh, however, I do feel uh, something that I bring to this role is uh, the most experience getting Democrats elected in the state, uh, including the only person with experience flipping a seat from red to blue. So I, I certainly think that having new leadership that can, uh, you know, claim some real electoral bona fides is, is not going to hurt with our fundraising efforts. Um, and uh, furthermore, this is a question that we had to answer constantly uh, while we were raising $450,000 in nine months during a global pandemic on Heidi Campbell's campaign. Why does it matter if you get elected? What does adding one more seat to the Senate even do? You're not going to be able to do anything. And, uh, you know, the answer uh, there is the same as it is here. We can't give up, you know, like we can't give up. We have to seize the opportunities that present themselves to us. And we have those opportunities because I am rooted in this state and I am invested in creating a better, kinder, more inclusive Tennessee. And the only way that we're going to do that is to flip the seats that are flippable, chip into the supermajority and try and make an impact in people's lives. And that's going to require money to get Democrats elected, which I have a history of doing. Thank you, Frank. Representative Lamar. Thank you. I think one of the biggest barriers is we have to be realistic about where we are and what we can do. Again, we don't don't know what they're voting, donating to. We don't have any strategic plans about what are we trying to achieve. So it's hard for people to invest in an organization that doesn't have a plan. So one thing we need to do is make sure we come up with something for donors to give. We also need to bring our coalition partners back to the table. Everyone thinks they can do something better. Instead of us coming to the table, figure out what we are best at and leading there. I am someone who can build bridges and unify with many of these groups. And I'm one of the few individuals on this panel who have a track record of working with these groups, not only in my executive position in the Democratic 
organizations, but also working in the nonprofit sector. And so what we want to do is to make sure that everybody can feel included. We are a big tent party where everyone's values should be uplifted and articulated. We oftentimes are always on the offense, excuse me, always on the defense versus the offense. We are so worried about tearing down Republicans instead of building up our own. And no one wants to donate to anyone tearing down their own. So we must re-message and re-communicate what we are trying to achieve and the strategies we're trying to put in place so that we are worth the investment. As Now, we only communicate with our statewide funders, but as we make the pitch to our national organization who want to invest in what we are doing, we got to bring our people back to the table. Thank you, Representative Lamar and uh, Wade. So when you're in call time, sitting in a chair for eight hours a day, uh, whether it's calling a donor, asking for $5,000 or $50, commonly you'll do what's called a re-up. And the donor that gave $25 last year, you're going to want to ask them if they can get $50 this year. I would never deter someone from giving to a group like the Equity Alliance or I'm reading the comments now up to vote 901. Uh, I would never deter someone from giving money to an organization that's local, that's doing good work. And so that puts more pressure on me as chairperson to have measurable and objective goals to show that we are making progress in our organization. Like I said before, it's a massive volunteer effort comprised of executive committee members, county party chairs, and other grassroots organizers who are all dedicated to this on a voluntary basis to get Democrats elected. And so we need to have measurable goals that we can set for ourselves and be held accountable for. And so as chairperson of the Democratic Party, why should people give? Because we're going to mobilize a massive volunteer effort. And for every dollar you give, you're going to have so much in return in the sweat and the, the equity, the sweat equity of the people who are knocking on doors, who are making phone calls, who are recruiting candidates. And I think that's worth every dollar. Perfect. Thank you, Wade. Uh, moving in another direction, I want to talk about the urban and rural divide within Tennessee. Uh, this is obviously not unique to our state. This is something that Democrats across the board now are struggling with. Uh, we're doing very well with college-educated voters in the urban centers and suburban centers, but we are losing at, at tremendous rates rural voters. So I want to know how a, a as you as chair would go about rebuilding our rural infrastructure, which existed not so long ago in the state and how we would begin to return those voters to the Democratic Party. And I'm going to start with Theron on this one. Yeah. So the first thing we have to do is stop making assumptions about what issues matter to them or what don't, because that's often how they've been overlooked in the past. Um, there are voters in rural areas that vote Republican because we don't engage them because nobody is talking to them. Nobody is sharing their values with them. Nobody is even bothering to find out, you know, what matters to them. The sooner we begin to engage in conversations with those folks, knock on their doors, go to their farms, go to their scrap yards, talk to their neighbors, visit them in their home and find out, hey, healthcare matters to them too. Guess what? This is how it aligns with the democratic values. And whatever these other issues are, I guarantee there are things that matter to rural voters that most certainly matter to us as Democrats. The sooner we have conversations with them and engage with them and continue to find things to plug them into, then we turn them into voters and we turn them into Democratic voters. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Frank. 
Yes, uh, this is another uh, thing that I address on my website, uh, rural districts. Uh, this is a this is a real problem uh, for, for the Democratic Party, and uh, I, I've looked really deeply into this. I've talked to a lot of different people. Uh, I've read a lot of studies. Nobody has good answers, um, uh, and you know it's a it's an, a special challenge uh, for us in uh, in Tennessee because there is no path to breaking the majority without winning rural districts. There just isn't. Uh, there's a very, very narrow path to uh, breaking the supermajority without running in, winning in rural districts. So if we can't figure this out, uh, we are sort of condemned to the wilderness. And, um, you know, from what I have been able to understand, uh, the challenges we face in rural districts are not totally dissimilar from the challenges we face in other districts. Uh, our, pop our policies are popular with Tennesseans, but people don't vote for us. Why? People like we are like this is a real challenging question to answer. We have run multiple cycles around expanding uh, Medicaid. That's a really popular position with Tennesseans. People aren't voting for us. We're going to have to figure something else out. Uh, we've also uh, really experienced challenges in some of these communities uh, with the Republicans really effectively tying us to national Democrats whose policies are very unpopular. Um, it's also, you know, when people are losing by 30 point margins, it's hard to find candidates to run because they don't see it as being a viable pathway. Um, I, I could speak at length about this, but please uh, visit my website to, to hear more about my thoughts on uh, how we're going to win in rural districts. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Representative Lamar. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, um, I've had the pleasure of traveling everywhere from Johnson City to the rural areas of Jackson, Tennessee, traveling all across the state in rural areas, engaging with Democrats. But one of the first things we need to do is execute a twofold strategy. There needs to be a suburban urban strategy and there needs to be a rural strategy. And those strategies need to be completely different. That rural strategy is looking more so like an eight to 10 year plan versus our some of our urban areas are already overpopulated with Democratic representatives. We can gain just a little bit more. And that's a short term strategy we can focus on in 2022. Right now, let's be realistic. We are not about to win a statewide election. Over 500,000 more Republicans turned out in our rural areas and it got redder. The truth is we need to focus on rebuilding our county party infrastructure in order to even support candidates running in the rural area. If our county parties are not strong in these areas, we can't plan to run a strong cam uh, campaign for these candidates. We can also look at the data and see where Democrats did win in these rural areas. What amount of precincts sitting together where Democrats this significantly well, then we then can implement a local elected official and get them elected to a county seat or a city council seat in rural areas. That's exactly what the Republicans did when they took over the state of Tennessee was they built infrastructure on the local level, changing the title, what those representatives in and built out. Again, this is not something that we should promise people overnight. It's not realistic. Let's start the path to an eight to 10 year strategy to win long term. Thank you, Representative uh, Wade. The approach to winning rural voters is the same as approach as we need to win urban and suburban voters. The Republican Party is attacking our freedom and democracy. In the state of Tennessee, the Republican governor deployed state troopers to attack and to remove black people who were peaceably assembled protesting police injustice. And that is something that we can't stand by, our most precious freedom in the First Amendment to assemble. They attack that here locally. 
Nationally, we see the president on his weekly, daily diatribes attacking democracy. It's been a four-year train wreck of Republican attacks on freedom and democracy. The Democratic Party was there for my family for progress, for rural electrification. My, the Democratic Party is going to be there for us to protect our freedom and democracy. And that's what I believe in. And I think that's the message that we need to carry forward. And we need to be disciplined in that message going forward because the Republican Party's lies and their attacks on our country will not stop. And so we need to go to every corner of our state with that same message. That's what I firmly believe. Thank you, Wade. Uh, and last, uh, Hendrell. Well, uh, I, I honestly believe that we're all, we are our own worst enemy when it comes to rural versus urban. You know, we pit one another against each other simply by make, by prioritizing where resources are going or by pinpointing, you know, who gets the highest priority. Uh, we should be focused on making sure that voters in both urban and rural areas can connect to the party platform. And the way that we do that is simply through messaging. If you are a single mother struggling in Memphis, chances are there's a single mother in Polk County facing some of the same struggles. If you're a young person from Knox County who works for your family lawn service, chances are you have some of the same dreams and aspirations as a young person who works on the family farm up in Henry County. You know, if you live in Nashville and depend on public assistance, then you get that public assistance from the same state agency as someone living in Johnson County. You know, we have way more in common than our messaging is illustrating. And I think that's hurting us. If we commit to a simple business idea of meeting people where they are, uh, whether it's at the local diner or bank in a rural area or through door-to-door -door canvassing in an urban area, then I'm convinced that we can begin to bridge this divide and start making uh, folks from all geographical areas in the state feel as if we're not just speaking to them and their concerns, but we're speaking for them in ways they feel connected to the message and the mission of the party. Uh, that's why I've proposed hiring three new regional coordinators to serve as liaisons in East, West, and Middle Tennessee covering urban and rural areas. Thank you, Hendrell. And most of you have brought up that, you know, our ideas are actually popular. And that actually throws me into my next question. You know, voters in other red states like Montana, South Dakota, Florida, Oklahoma have passed, you know, either Medicare expansion, a Medicaid expansion or other progressive policies. So it seems to be that people actually do like progressive or democratic policies. They just don't like the messengers. So how can we battle this disinformation campaign against Democrats and win not only just these progressive issues, but also win with Democrats on board as well? Uh, so Frank, I'm gonna start with you. Well, uh, so in terms of winning elections, uh, my mantra is right candidate, right district, right time. So um, it, it seems less, uh, it, it doesn't seem to me that like there's some messaging silver bullet. It's going to be finding someone in those communities that enjoys trust and that is known and has an identity separate from the Democratic Party brand, which is so toxic. And um if uh, you happen to catch a, an article uh, that it came out shortly after this uh, most recent election, uh, if the Tennessee Democratic Party wants to save itself from the fate of the Whigs, 
uh, they need to find more Heidi Campbells, uh, which is exactly why I joined her primary a few months back, even though there was another popular Democrat already in the race who had a six month head start, because I realized that someone like her, who had won a local municipal election, had established an identity for herself separate from the Democratic Party brand. And then secondly, and I think this is really, really important, uh, had uh, demonstrated real fiscal bona fides because Republicans have been so effective at characterizing us as like crazy tax and spend socialists that like, you know, want to take all your money, uh, as well as tying us to unpopular national Democrats. And so when you have someone who has fiscal bona fides, who has a profile in their community that has uh, earned trust, they're much more effectively inoculated against those charges. So we need to find candidates like that, cultivate them, build the bench, get them into these municipal offices. And then I think we may have a pathway uh, to, to winning elections and getting some of our policy goals. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Representative Lamar. Thank you. Um, that's a really, really great question. First and foremost, we must understand that different areas have different issues and we must be the big tent party that we claim to be. We have focused too much time cutting down our own, trying to make everyone fit one perfect picture of what a Democrat is. And Tennessee is not one picture. We are a mural of many different pictures of people who are coming together to advance this state forward. So we must make sure we're building up our own. We allow this party to be the big tent party where conservative Democrats can win in more rural areas and can connect with the issues of those areas and where those in the urban area who can be more progressive can talk about those issues and run on a more progressive pro uh, platform following the overarching values of the Democratic Party. Again, we must make sure that we are inclusive and that we are doing everything we can to support the people we have who do want to step up, who do want to be a part of this Democratic Party. And we making sure that we're welcoming them and continue to guide them and allow them to run the way that they need to, do, to meet to run in order to keep their seats and push our agenda forward. Thank you, uh, Wade. We need to hold a spotlight on the Republican messengers because the Republican messengers are hungry for power while Democrats are hungry for progress. Republicans are attacking, again, I'll say it, our freedom and our democracy. The most fundamental thing that can unite all Tennesseans together are these people who are willing to take away our vote, overturn an election, protest. You can't protest on the state capitol anymore. That's what the Republican Party is doing. And we need to show that to the people of Tennessee. If you want to pass, if you want to protest a state income tax, the Republicans would be willing to take away your right to protest now. If you want to vote in a major election, the Republicans are willing to overturn your right to, to vote in an election. And so I think we need to shine that spotlight on them and we need to work really hard at maintaining that message discipline. <clears throat> I think Frank is absolutely right as well. Pocketbook issues are important. You got to work on your revenue side. The Tennessee Republican Party has rejected a billion dollars a year in Medicaid expansion. Meanwhile, amassing the largest state reserve in history and not spending a dime of it on the working people of Tennessee during the greatest pandemic in our lifetime. And that is a shame. We need to work on our revenue side. We need to spend money where it counts with a strong and sensible approach to government. Thank you. Hendrell. Well, first, let me 
Let me begin by saying this summer I said on a you talked about disinformation and the way it's impacting our messaging. This summer I said on a, a panel as an expert panelist for the University of Southern California about uh, cybersecurity and disinformation in the 2020 campaign. And we talked through some ways we could combat that. And the Tennessee Young Democrats is actually uh, formalizing a plan now to introduce to the state that would allow us to push back on uh, disinformation and misinformation. But look, it, it's back to what I said a moment ago. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes it takes simple common sense. Mis uh, Republican messaging isn't that clever. But what it does do is it shows us direct, directly how to set our message. So if we're looking at what they're saying to voters across the state and then we're going how and we go out to those voters and say the exact same thing that they're set, telling them that we would say, that's not going to be, you know, a, a very productive strategy for us. We've got to get to the point where we're being much smarter in our messaging. They take the most simplest terms break them down to be able to connect with ordinary folks. And then those people run away with that stuff like a wildfire. We've got to make sure that we're not making our messaging so broad and so wide that it goes over people's head. We've got to be able to talk directly to people and they've got to be able to feel like they connect to that message. And the table, uh, pocketbook issues, dinner table issues, breaking it down to in the simplest terms so that they feel connected to it is the way that we do it. Thank you, Hendrell. And Theron. Sure. When you manage a campaign and you beat a 26-year incumbent and that campaign has been the brunt of repeated attacks, you become an all-star at messaging. Um, but prior to that, you know, I've had professional political messaging experience that goes all the way back to 2009. Um, on top of being, you know, a journalism and a communications major. However, the key to this is crafting targeted messaging. That means our rural voters need a message. Our Latinx voters need a message. Our black voters need a message. Our more senior voters need a message. Our millennial voters, they need a message. It can be one big overarching message, but when we start talking to those individual groups, we need a message, message that is targeted just for them and we also need bilingual communications everything that we have in english needs to be translated into spanish thank you theron uh and we have one more question before we uh, move into closing statements and it's quite a simple one so yes or no do you believe that the tennessee democratic party should strictly be based in nashville sorry representative lamar uh, I think we should have multiple headquarters and satellite offices. So no. Perfect. Wade. No. Hendrell. Yes. And whoever takes the job should be committed to making sure uh, that, that they are able to dedicate themselves to working out of Nashville. Thank you. Theron. No, we need offices in at least the three grand divisions. Thank you. And Frank. Uh, during the pandemic, we learned how to do this work remotely all across the state. I have a campaign manager friend that was never in the same county as her candidate. So, uh, no, but I mean, we, we don't need to be physically present to be effective. In our Thank you. And with that, I do want to turn it now over to closing statements. So, again, you will have 60 seconds to uh, close out, let people know where they can find more information about you and you know, any other information you want to share. So I will start with Wade. 
Thank you. And thanks everyone for joining us, uh, both the candidates on the panel here and everyone in the comments. It's been really eye-opening. I am committed to being the chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party. I'm committed to fundraising for the effort. I'm committed to organizing this effort, this massive volunteer effort to recruit candidates in off years, in election years, and to run strong campaigns. I want to bring everyone on this panel to the table to continue to work together to find progress and solutions for Tennesseans. Like I've said before, Tennesseans are under attack now by the Republican Party that a majority of voters vote for, but not a majority of Tennesseans agree with. And we need to elevate the message of the Tennessee Democratic Party that we are for progress for the average everyday working woman and working man. And we can bring that message to every hill and holler in Tennessee if we work together. And I really appreciate the collegial tone that we've all had here tonight. Uh, thanks again to everyone for joining and for tuning in. Thank you, Wade. Hendrell. Oh, you're muted, Hendrell. I'm sorry about that. Uh, tonight, uh, you've heard everybody talk about you know, what they've done, what they plan to do, and those shining moments of accomplishments in their careers, you know, even me. But the reality is that this is about what we will do, what we've done, what type of party we will build together. You know, when this selection process is finalized, it won't be about who the chair is, it will be about who the Tennessee Democratic Party will be. As a member of the executive committee, I know that one of our highest responsibilities is choosing a chair uh, to lead our party. And at this time, it's no different. That's why we must uh, select someone who will be fully dedicated to doing this job. That's why we must select someone who understands that this is not just another campaign to manage or issue to advocate and protest for. This is about managing every component of an organization that must recruit, train, support, and elect leaders who will make consequential decisions that impact our lives. For every grand idea that we've heard tonight, we must have a plan. For every plan that we've heard tonight, we must have a contingency. But for everything that we do, we must be doing it with every voter in mind, every executive committee member of voice being heard, and with every county party and democratic stakeholder dedicated to the team effort that it will take to deliver results. And I've spent my professional career thus far in time in politics leading that type of team effort and building the type of organizational structure that delivered time and time again. If we miss this opportunity to fundamentally transform our party, then I think we'll miss our chance to win the future. And thanks for tuning in tonight. Thank you, Hendrell. Theron. If we want to have the Stacey Abrams and Georgia effect, we have to put someone who has Stacey Abrams and Georgia effect and in-state UFOT flair in this position. We need someone in this position who has grassroots experience. We need someone in this position who knows what it's like to lose, but also knows what it's like to win. We need somebody who has experience beating incumbents. I am the only one of these candidates out of both of the panels that has beat a long-term incumbent. It wasn't easy. I did not do it alone. That candidate did not do it alone. It was a collaborative effort with folks all across the state of Tennessee. It takes someone with that drive and that passion to move Tennessee forward, to move the party forward also. We have a duty to recruit, retain, engage, and elect more Democrats, and I'm the person to do that job. Thank you, Theron. Uh, Frank. 
Yes, uh, uh, I'm also a person that has beaten a long-term incumbent. Uh, but uh, to again quote Congressman Cooper, uh, Tennessee Democrats need much more experience winning elections, and I have the most experience with that amongst this crop of candidates. And I'm the only candidate with the experience of flipping a seat from red to blue, uh, Heidi Campbell, whose campaign I led, as I may have mentioned before, and with whom we raised nearly $450,000 in nine months during a global pandemic. Uh, and I'm running to leverage my experience winning elections and raising money to help elect more Democrats in Tennessee and to chip into the supermajority. Listen, we face steep challenges. Our policies are popular, but people aren't voting for us. We have no path to power without winning rural districts, and we're sliding backwards there, and we're facing an existential threat in redistricting. I certainly don't have the prescription for all of these challenges, but I'm ready to apply my experience winning elections for Democrats towards taking them on so we can elect more Democrats and create a Tennessee where all the Tennesseans have the opportunity to fulfill their potential to the degree that Big Graham did. Thank you for having me. Please check out Frank Hunley for tndpchair.com. And I look forward to continuing these important conversations. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. And finally, Representative London Lamar. Thank you all so much for the opportunity to engage on this informative panel. I'm running for chair because I truly believe we need to rebuild Tennessee's future. And in order to do that, we must be realistic about where we are and put us on a path to win. I am running because I want to focus on building on where we can win and putting in a real strategy of where we can win long term in the areas where we are not seeing the progress we want. I'm one of the only few candidates who have literally ran a democratic organization on a local state and national organization. I am one of the few candidates or the only candidate being an elected official who not only has a plethora of national organizations and resources to funnel down to Tennessee, but I can also bridge the gap between our legislative branch and our political branch, which is the Democratic Party, to finally put us on a strategy where we're working together to take what we're doing in the government branch to get that messaging down to our citizens. I'm one of the only few individuals who really understand what it's like to manage a staff of people based on my history and executive roles in nonprofit organizations. You need a proven leader who's been passionate, who has a track record in the party, and who has proven that she can do uh, everything that this chair position needs to get done. Thank you, Representative. And with that, we have wrapped up night one of the Tennessee Holler and Change TN's TNDP Chairs uh, Race Forum. Uh, we hope that you will join us again tomorrow at the same time. Candidates tomorrow will be Robin Kimbrough Hayes, Jane George, Sybil Miller Watkins, and Kate Craig. Uh, again, make sure that you follow and support Change TN. Go to www.changetn.vote. Uh, you can follow us again on Facebook at Change Tennessee and on Twitter at ChangeTN underscore. And make sure to subscribe and support the Tennessee Holler as well at www.tnholler.com and follow the Holler at the TN Holler on Facebook and Twitter. Again, thank you candidates. Thank you to our viewers and we wish you the best of luck and everyone have a wonderful rest of your evening.